Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are your hosts, Shannon and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Hello. Today we have with us Michelle Warnica. She's a former corporate sales executive, now a spiritual business coach and CEO of Michelle Warnica Coaching. Michelle's story is one of resilience. She survived and thrived from a devastating stroke that left her paralyzed, laid off from her six-figure career. And after receiving the gift of channeling, she's committed to being an inspiration and light for women waking up to their gifts and purpose. She's a transformation catalyst, and her superpower is helping you cut through all of the noise to connect with your soul for clarity and guidance. She believes that our souls hold all of the answers that we see. Hello. We are happy to have you. Thanks so much for joining us. Can't wait to talk about uncovering your life's purpose. Yeah, it's so important. It's really the reason that we're here. And if you don't have purpose, there's really no reason even to get up in the morning, even if you do have coffee. <laughs> and I think it's what everybody is searching for. You know, it's kind of that thing that when you start to realize that it's not just nine to five, well, then what is it? <laughs> yeah. And it never goes away. You know, my dad is in his eighties and he has terminal cancer and he recently went blind and which is a pretty big shift, you know, to be able to not see anything. And I'm talking to him about his purpose. You know, dad, you have to find purpose because no matter how old you are or what's going on in your life, if you don't have purpose, there's no reason for you even to get up in the morning. And so we started talking about like, yeah, you're so right. I don't, my purpose was always to take care of your mother. And now I, I can't, you know, because I need her to take care of me. And so he's kind of lost that zest for life because he doesn't have a reason. You know, that reason is so important. Yeah. Uh, it's a choice. You know, you have to choose how you want to age. Would you want to continue to look at the world with childlike wonder and be curious and continue to grow and evolve as the world's changing? Or do you just want to get, do you just want everything to be like it was? And do you want to stay into these patterns that you've, established all of your life. What a blessing that you learned that too, because now you can help your father through this experience that you had. How old were you when you had your stroke? I was in my forties. Wow. Yeah. We have a good friend in her thirties. She had a stroke, our friend Heidi, even today, she still lives with a tad bit of fear. It's affected her eyesight. She couldn't drive for a long time. It came out of nowhere. She didn't have any symptoms. It's a lot of triumph and challenge. What did your recovery look like? Well, I think once they surrendered, things really shifted in a better direction. I was really blessed that one of my sisters stepped up. She lives in Northern California and she um, invited me to come and stay with her family. And she had uh, has three kids and they were all at home at the time. And so they were really a help, you know, for little things that I wanted to do. And she took me to rehab every, you know, three times a week and acupuncture three times. You know, she just, she did everything to support me. And I think, you know, I had a walker, a wheelchair and a cane. And I remember trying to use that walker and to get food like in the kitchen. And then I had to kind of uh, feel my way along the counter because it was a long kitchen because my, uh, to walk, because I couldn't put my plate on my walker. And I think that, Plus the room I was staying was really long and skinny. 
and there was a bed on one side and a bookcase on the other side and my walker didn't really fit. So in that little room, I would walk around because if I lost my balance, I would fall onto the bed or onto the bookcase. So it was kind of like rails, you know, when you bowl, <laughs> you have those rails that kind of keep you in line. I had those. And so within a couple of weeks, I started walking without the walker. And it was just really uh, unconscious. Like we were going somewhere one day and I walked out of my room and my niece said, where's your walker? And I said, oh, I guess I don't need it today. And then that was that. I never used it Oh my anymore. gosh. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. I love so it, it just kind of happened organically. Everything kind of came back and, and yeah. little by little. I, and, you know, I'm still working on things. And one of the lessons I really learned from stroke, because I still lurk in that stroke group, because people have strokes all the time. So many people. And one of the lessons I learned is when you stop trying to get better, that's as good as you're ever going to be. You said that you just came back, but did something's not come back? You know, because I always think about you're going through life and when something suddenly just knocks you over, there's so many things that fall away that mattered so much that you put so much of your energy in. And then afterwards, very minuscule. Yeah, I um, dancing. I loved music and I loved going to concerts and I lost my rhythm. You know, I, I used to make a, make a joke that uh, I was like Elaine on Seinfeld. And uh, so that was one thing. And my foot um, doesn't really flex, so I can't run. And even to this day, I can't really run. And because my foot is just, it doesn't flex that way. So I've been working. I did this movement class. So the da- I can dance now. I'm still not a, as good a dancer as I used to be. But, you know, typing I had to do, you know, learn how to do that with two hands again. But it was just those moments where you're like, you know what? I can't do that because I stopped trying. And then it's like just that awkward trying again and just being okay with what you can do until it does start to come back. Because your brain does reconnect. That's the beautiful part of it. What we know now is it rewires so you can start doing those things again. And it's kind of a beautiful metaphor for life because in life, it's the same thing. When you stop trying to get better or improve yourself, that's as good as you're ever going to be. Did it rewire back to the stress? I guess I was, I was more or less talking about like, did you bring back any of the worries that you might've had prior, you know, all the things that maybe we all worry about in a day to day. And then something happened like this. And these things are just not even anything to really get so upset about. You know, I've always been spiritual. I've been on my spiritual path for years before my stroke. I think the key is to look for the lesson, right? And I know that that stroke was not meant to hold me down. I know that stroke was just a warning to me. It was trying to get me back on track. It was showing me that there's more to your life than what you've been living. And you need to dig a little deeper. And I was a big partier and drinking a lot. And that was and masking some pain that I was feeling. And I really got sober, you know, when I was going through that stroke rehab. Because I didn't drink for probably about 90 days. When I started getting better, I started drinking again. I never went back to what I was drinking, but I did, alcohol did become a daily part of my life again. And it took a few more bumps in the road for me to really get sober. Well, congratulations. Thank you. I uh, have 11 years. That's what I did yesterday. I went up the hill and took a girl to rehab that finally said, I want help. 
And it was so powerful. Her husband and her mom wanted to give me money to, for taking her and buy me a hotel because it was so late and it was dark and it was far. It's, you know, four and a half hours. But, you know, I kept telling them and they didn't understand like, no, this is a gift to me. You don't, I feel like I owe you because this reminded me of where, I mean, it was the same rehab I went to. I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back there, like to see her in my car and all the emotions she was going through and the fear and leaving her seven-year-old at home. I mean, it's just a gift to be of service. So congratulations to you. After my recovery from my near-death experience, like for the first, you know, like six months, I had such gratitude for life and being alive that there were a lot of things that I used to worry about and stress about and sweat the small things. And um, they did come back because I'm human. I actually started to kind of get down on myself. Like, why are you sweating the small things? Why are you upset over this? You know, you should just be happy you're alive. And then I thought to myself, no, it's okay. It's just now how I, if I can learn to handle them different. I don't know. Did you feel that way at all? Well, uh, a stroke's a little bit different because you actually have a brain injury. So you're not really thinking clearly. You can't really make sense of a lot of things. And my stroke really was about the drinking. You know, it was three weeks before I had that stroke. I remember being home by myself and really drunk. And I remember saying, God, you know, and crying and saying, God, I know my life is meant for more than this. I know that's not why I'm here. Please help me. I don't have, I, I, please help me. I can't do this on my own. And then three weeks later, I had that stroke. And then when you have a stroke, even though it's a brain injury, you feel it so much more in your body. You know, I remember trying to read because I wanted to make sense of it right away because that's just, you know, who I am. I'm very into figuring out life's big questions, but I didn't have the brain capacity for that. It was like a year and a half before I even felt like I was in my own body. So, you know, looking back now, I can see so clearly why it happened. And I can see so many lessons and so many gifts. But that took a few years to really happen. So was the stroke directly um, related to the alcohol or was it caused from something else? They blamed it. I went to the chiropractor earlier that week and they blamed it on my chiropractor because there are links now to chiropractic adjustments of the neck and that it can cut off blood supply to the head. I really, you know, knowing that and doing the research that I did after I recovered, I think it was really, I was drinking so much and alcohol is known to weaken your blood vessels. So I think that if you already have a weakened system, that anything can trigger it. And so yeah. I think that's it now that I'm on my path and I'm also a channel and I've talked to my guides about it since then. And they told me that that's what it was for. It was really just to wake me up and to get me off the path that I was on because that wasn't the path that I was supposed to go down, that I had a bigger mission in life than that. But they were like, but it took, you were pretty stubborn. It took us a few times because there was a few more things that happened down the road to get me to the place that I am now. Yeah, that's hilarious. I always say that too. What is your, when's your birthday? October 24th. I was curious if you're a Taurus. Yeah. I always have a Taurus moon. Oh, there you go. (laughs) I always tell people, you know, God knew I was super stubborn. So he had to keep knocking me down because he was like, fine, if you're not going to listen, I'm going to have to be real dramatic with you. (laughs) I'm so glad that you made it through that again. Here you are in a whole nother 
challenge with your father. That's got to be just very heartbreaking for you as well. Well, I'm grateful because I'm the oldest of four and I have siblings that can really be there for him because as I, the last year, as I've been going through this awakening and my own personal ascension, I'm super sensitive to energy. And I also had a situation where I got really, I'm going to say for lack of better terms, sick last year. And I lost a lot of weight and I lost a lot of muscle and I'm just not physically able and emotionally able to be there to support them in person because my parents live in Tennessee. So I've really just been doing as much energy work as I can to support them and to be there. So you were in recovery from your stroke and alcoholism. Was there one that was more of a struggle or were they both just pain in the ass? <laughs> well, they were happening at the same time, right? Yeah. So I, I was yeah. really... I was trying to figure out the stroke thing. And then the alcohol thing was really more of just a night thing. Like I couldn't sleep. You know, I would, I would go to sleep and then I'd wake up in the middle of the night and I couldn't get back to sleep. So I was just really tired. So during the day when I had to do my rehab, I was really tired. And I kept asking, you know, and at the beginning, I just kept asking when I could start drinking again. That was like a really big question that I kept asking in rehab. When can I start drinking again? What does that look like? I had over and over and over early on, mostly in the hospital, you know, because I was used to drinking every day. I was drinking like a bottle of wine or at least every single day. And so I was asking every day when I can start drinking again. And they were telling me, well, you can probably drink when, you know, like maybe at a wedding or, and I'm like, well, I don't really know that many people getting married. You're like, can someone please get married every day? Yeah. I don't think that's really going to work. You, all of a sudden, you're a professional wedding crasher going to a wedding every single day. They said I could if I was at a wedding. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, my God. That is so funny. So you, you recover and you start drinking again. Yeah. So what, so what was your breaking point that you eventually were able to get sober? Well, I never went back to drinking that much. You know, I just was drinking like one drink a day came a health issue. I had a digestive issue and my diagnosis was gastritis, which is inflammation of the stomach lining and inflammation, alcohol, that whole thing. And then I went to a naturopath and they said that I had these two genes that are very um, problematic. One was an ad- a gene of addiction and the other was a gene of all these weaknesses in the body, including the digestive system. And I could see clearly that one was my father's, that you know he came from a long line of alcoholics and then my mother came from a long line of weak stomachs. And so you put those together and I had a really, you know, I'm still at the tail end, I would say of healing this whole digestive thing. And so it flared up really bad and I had to stop. I didn't want to go on the Western medicine because I see my mother do that. And she has a medicine chest full of pills, but she's still not cured. You know, she's just medicating these symptoms. So I said, well, that's not an option for me. And so I explored so many different holistic, you know, alternative medicines. And I've taken a lot of supplements and done a lot, a lot of work. But I think what it really came down to after I did the healing through the supplements was the emotional healing that I had to go through. And I've been doing that like every week. I think I found this one um, healer that I started working with 
And we just started working together. She was clearing a lot of my limiting beliefs. And what I learned and what I think has been, I speak about this a lot in my group and with my clients is that when you're clearing, especially this past couple of years, we're just not healing ourselves. We're healing generations of this shit. I just actually had a, a healing last week. And the woman I was working with said, I heard Akashic Records today. And I said, really? She was last week I heard Ancestral Healing. And this week I heard Akashic Records. So it was really intense. And then I verified with my higher self that uh, we healed the whole lineage of generations that had suffered from these stomach issues. And now that we're really living in the quantum, you know, the past, the present, and the future are all collapsed into one. So when you're healing yourself in the present, you're healing the past and you're changing the future for all the people that have gone through all this trauma. It's good to know because it's a lot of work that you're doing. So know that it's just not you that you're doing it for, you know, it's really a gift. Yep. I so agree. So do you feel like you've finally found something to work for your stomach? I got this recently over the past year. It was awful. I have, I've had it twice, but both times I was able to chant it out of me. <laughs> yeah. Sound is actually, that's interesting because stimulating the vagus nerve, the last healing that I did, she used light language and I never had a healing using light language before. And she just started singing and I, my, so my whole body went into goosebumps and then I just started getting really emotional and then I just started breathing and letting all this stuff out. And it was such a huge release. Nice. But you know what? I mean, honest to God, I just last night literally went to sleep chanting as quietly as I could because I felt a little upper digestive stuff. And I was like, oh God, oh my God, I know it was that rice I ate. And I knew I, you know, should have been a little careful because, you know, when you start to feel better, you're like, oh God, it went away. I'm good. And so it's almost like I trick myself to think that I'm good forever. And then it comes back. And now when, even if I get a little bit, I'll just start. Mm, it's the vibration and the vibration sends a signal to the vagus nerve to stimulate it. What's also interesting is during COVID, they actually created a device that does this, that you hold on your neck. I mean, can, I can only imagine how much the device is, but wow. You can just hum or chant or even just breathe. Wow. I have to try that. I hadn't heard that. By the way, I just have to throw Shanna's dark, deep, hilarious secret out to the world. This girl doesn't just chant when she's going to sleep. We did a Reiki retreat a couple of weeks ago and her and I shared a bed and she was chanting in her sleep. <laughs> <laughs> So Michelle, let's go back for a moment. So our listeners can kind of wrap their head around channeling. I mean, we've had many guests on that talk about channeling, but did you have like an aha moment? Did you have a day where all of a sudden it just happened and this light came down? Like, did it slowly happen and you had to learn to trust it? How did it come to you? Well, I was doing this mentorship program with this healer. And the intention for the program was that you heal yourself and then you find your medicine. And through this three-month program, I really went through a lot of emotional healing and ended up letting go of my lower self and 
integrating with my higher self. It was interesting because I signed up for this retreat, a yoga retreat in Thailand, and I signed up for it in January, not knowing any of this was happening, right? And it just was, it was the week of my birthday, and I always like to go away on my birthday. And it was in Thailand, and it was inexpensive, and I'd always wanted to go to Asia, and so I just did it. And it turned out to be divine timing. Like I was going through this program and when, just before I left for Thailand, I was in so much emotional pain. I was just, I was crying. I was just, it was horrible. And I was going through so much expansion and it was like, I was this little physical body, but there was like this energy was holding me in and I could feel it was so painful. And when I was in Thailand, when they asked me what my intention was for the week, I said to leave my lower self here and to bring in whatever's coming in. I want it to come in so that I'm full and complete and I can let go of all this pain. Uh, that was on Sunday. And I think Wednesday night I had this crystal that I put at my crown. And I just remember he was using metal bowls, which I'd never heard before. And as soon as he started, I just went into this like six dimensional thing. I mean, I saw shapes and colors and it was like an acid trip and I was just freaking out of it. And then when he was done, I was, it was like, I was drunk. And I really believe that at that time that I had taken whatever was in me out and that dumped into this crystal because then I lost the crystal. When I went back to my room that night, my roommate was like, where'd you go? And I said, I was at this sound healing. And she said, oh my God, you look so different. And then the next morning I went to yoga and everyone was like, you look so different today. Like my energy just shifted. I was just in bliss for like the next, I was, I think I was still there another week. So I was in bliss for like the last week that I was there and it was so incredible. And I started hearing this voice in my head kind of shifted from, you know, the chit chatter to more a higher consciousness voice where it was more loving, more thoughtful, more guiding in a positive way. And then my dad was really sick then. It was the first year when he got sick. And I was talking to him on the phone and ask him, how are you? He would tell me he was fine. And I'm like, I don't think he's fine. He doesn't sound fine. And then I remember hearing that your higher self could talk to another person's higher self. So I just tapped into his higher self and started talking to him to find out what was really happening. And this went on and on and on. So that was, I guess, the beginning of it. It was one of those moments where you don't really know you have a gift, but you're thinking, hmm, I wonder if I can do that. And then you try it and you can't. And you're like, wow, that's great. You talk about the soul team which I called it my, my soul gang <laughs> Nice over the past years. Cause you know, I think that some people think that it just happens like this, like I got this soul team or this their guides and they're, I mean, it took me years, years to put together small details that were like, Oh, that makes sense. But it wasn't, it was years just for one guide. Okay. And then, you know, it's so interesting. And, and I, never really sought any of it either. It was something that naturally was coming and I was present enough. It wasn't, I was seeking the guide. I was seeking my soul. And in that presence, there's that space where you're able to receive your team, but let's talk about what kind of team do you have? I can't wait to find out about your game. 
Oh, I have goosebumps. You're just telling that story. You know, I think we all are surrounded by so many guides that we don't even know. Angels and benevolent beings, energies from other planets. I say people, but they're really not people. Some of them are. Sometimes they're, you know, people from past generations that are there to guide you or people from past lives that you had experience with that are there to guide you. And so there's just this whole team. I call them my higher self collective because there's my higher self and then there's the collective, my soul team. And so often my higher self will come forward or it'll be the whole team of people. And it doesn't really matter to me who comes forward. You know, I'm open. I'm an open channel as long as they're benevolent. You know, I, I have had some, I don't want to dwell on this, but I do want to mention it because so many people say, I don't, you know, if you want to channel me, that's fine. I'm an open book. You don't want to be an open book. You don't want to be walking around with this, <laughs> with an energetic sign that says I'm open for business. Come on in <laughs> because there's a lot of crap out there. And, you know, once they get in, they're not always easy to get rid of. And you don't know that they're there because you're not experienced. And what I had to learn the hard way was that if you are receiving information that is any way fear-based or in any way um, snarky or talking about other people, it is not God. God is not snarky. God does not talk about other people. The messages that you receive from benevolent beings and energy of, of the light is always inspiring, uplifting, and loving. And it's important to know that. And it's also important not to walk around saying that you're an open book, because I used to say that all the time. I'm an open book. I got nothing to hide. It's just not, not really in your highest good. But, you know, just uh, to your point, Shanna, that it took years. You know, I did a lot, a lot of work to get to this point where I'm at and so in touch with uh, these beings, uh, although I did download this gift but there's been a lot of clearing that I've had to do to make sure that this gift was pure and clear and of the light. And a lot of people now, because the frequencies are so high on our planet, aren't having to go through all that we went through. They're able to just, you know, have a spontaneous uh, awakening. Uh, I have a friend who's like in her thirties and she That's not uh, fair. Sorry. To I know, that is right? not fair. That's a bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> she literally had a spontaneous waking on a beach in Bali. <laughs> she was on a beach in Bali and, and one minute, and then she just felt this loving, warm energy come in. And oh, from that moment, her. like everything shifted for her. Yeah. You're like, I had to have a stroke. Mandy had to die. Shanna had to like lose her sanity and her father. Like that's bullshit. She got to sit on a beach and get it. <laughs> I know, right. Oh, man. Can I ask you about that negative entity? Like maybe if you could share your experience and what you were carrying for a period of time, then maybe it brings some awareness to what it could kind of be like or feel like. Yes. It was literally a voice in my head because I had been doing channeling because I'd been doing this higher self work. And, you know, when I started, I was working with my friends, higher selves, and I was friends of friends and doing healings and readings. I was channeling good information that was loving and helpful. 
And then it was really um, right around the time COVID hit because that I went through a huge expansion in March of 2020. I was really going through a lot physically. My expansions have been very physical. I was guided to just stay in bed and to just rest and to be in silence. And it was very, very hard for me because I had just shifted into a new dimension because I became so extra sensitive. I became a highly sensitive being, which I, maybe I was, but it became overwhelmingly sensitive. I got really sick and I could only eat like four things. I ate like carrots zucchini, broccoli, and cauliflower. And in the morning I would have hot cereal, but for lunch and dinner, I would only have those four things. And I ate those for like four months and I was in bed for about three weeks. And then when I got out of bed, I was still channeling because at that time I was channeling every day, but the voice kind of had shifted. I look back now at some of the readings, they weren't in my highest and best good. So if you are channeling and if it's not in your highest and best good, and it's not loving and kind, and if it's about other people, then it's not from the light. I remember doing a reading for somebody I didn't know at the time, and it was so regretful of that reading that I did for that woman, because I didn't know at the time that that was not you know, in her highest and best good. I thought it was because the darkness, they're masters at hiding behind the light and pretending to be something that they aren't. Well, and it was during COVID, right? I mean, the energy that collectively was so fearful that I'm sure that there was a lot of those lower vibrational energies floating around. (laughs) And, you know, I mean, whatever vibration you are is what you're going to naturally attract. I do have a question though. Did you get COVID? Because my issues were post-COVID and yeah, it was very interesting. I don't think so. My issue, because I still have it, is that I am only can take in so much information and then my body gets overwhelmed and my mind gets overwhelmed. And it's like, it's part of the digestive issue. I, I self-diagnosed it, that it really wasn't the food that I was having the problems with. I was having problems digesting life in general. And that included information because we digest emotions we digest information, we digest food, we have to digest all this energy. (laughs) It was getting stuck in you. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I have sensed that, you know, being an energy worker, working on people, I, I, you can definitely sense that, you know, there's emotionals wrapped up in their stomach. Think about this. You have digested more information in the last, you know, how many years than ever before in your entire life. I mean, every day, so amazing at like researching and meditating and taking in your dreams and journaling and writing and our website and all of this stuff. So it's like, that's a lot for a body to process, especially when it's not used to it. Yeah. So maybe your digestive system has to do with processing. Well, it it is true. I mean, we always forget that we're multidimensional. Even when we're so spiritual, we forget sometimes even about the body. Yeah. 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 So Michelle, we had a listener reach out to us and she talked a lot about how she was going for readings. And during these readings, she was being told um, things about her husband and that he was 
possibly having all these affairs and that there was these conspiracies, you know, and it didn't sit well with me because as someone who has been able to speak to spirit and who has also crossed over to the other side while I was in my coma, that's very ego that it, that felt very ego. I didn't experience anything except for loving, kind messages, nothing so gossipy and rumory. That's very earthy. So would that be an example of kind of like a red flag? Yes. That's a huge red flag. And, you know, it's one of the reasons when I work with my clients and one of my uh, biggest thing is I'm not here to guide you and tell you what to do. I believe that you have all the answers within So I guide you to connect to your answers so that you can find them and uncover them for yourself. That's how I work as well. Even if you know something, do you just decide not to say something and just kind of give them breadcrumbs or what do you do? I ask, is it in their highest and best good to know this? Yeah. Okay. If I have to ask, then it's not. Yes. Because if you have that feeling or that knowing that maybe you shouldn't, well, then you shouldn't. We need to learn to trust that because timing is so important. So if you tell somebody something and it's not the right time, you can affect their timeline and their life in a really dramatic way. I agree. I had to learn the hard way. I'm much more discerning now. I've learned a lot of hard lessons in my life as you two have as well. (laughs) Yeah. Cause I always wonder too, when, you know, I've had awakenings even as late as this past year, stuff that I totally thought didn't affect me. And when it all came out, I was like, why wouldn't I have done, you know, done this work a long time ago? But then when I realized I just, I didn't have the tools back then. That's why, you know, I wouldn't have had the understanding and the space to be able to care for that the way it needed to be. So I, yeah, you're right. Everything is divine timing. And I, I do feel like you have to be careful for stepping in on somebody else's divine timing. Yes. Last night, I was having a very interesting conversation with a friend of mine who um, helped me get sober by the name of Steve. He's been on our podcast before when we first started and shared his story of recovery. And I was telling him about how I feel like for about a year and a half, I was just going down rabbit hole after rabbit hole after rabbit hole, chasing these breadcrumbs to um, figure out the truth. I became a truth seeker, but now it's left me exhausted. And I honestly don't know if I'll ever know the truth about, and I don't know that we will until I pass away on to my next life. And he said, no, you know, what happened is Mandy, maybe you just went round and round and round and down these rabbit holes and did all this research. And guess what? Now you've landed right back to where you were at the very beginning. And I said, that's how I feel. I said, and what that is, is that it's right here in my stomach. It's right here in my intuition. I don't need to search in books and to find answers about religion or anything, because all that really matters is that I know the divine lives within me. He said to me, it sounds like you need spiritual healing from your spiritual journey. And I said, oh my God, that is exactly what I need. Because I feel like, I mean, literally I was ignoring my family. I was just obsessed with information and I was obsessed with like Googling everything and reading books. I've read so many books. And so I kind of hit this wall and all these other things that happened into my life where right now I'm just like right back to where I started, where it's just right here within me and I'm exhausted. And I don't need to seek anything right now because it's just right here in me. All I got to do is be. 
So I love that he said that you need spiritual healing from your spiritual journey. And I was like, amen. (laughs) Does that resonate? That's so awesome. Yes. And my guides tell me, you know, when I want to watch a podcast or listen to YouTube, because I'm very limited on the content I can take in. They tell me you, you have all the information inside of you. You know, everything you need to know right now. And sometimes I'll ask questions and, the, and they won't give me the answer. And I'm like, oh, okay, is this just not the right time? Or you don't need to know that. Also about digestion. If often I'll spend a whole weekend, not as often as they would like, but I do it more than most people spend a whole weekend in silence where I'm no music, no podcasts, no, oh, I stopped watching TV years ago, but no anything, just being in silence for like two days. And Monday, oh my gosh, I am just a new person. I'm so clear. I'm so uplifted. I'm so renewed. And it's just the greatest gift. It's hard though, it's not easy. Hey, Sense of Soul listeners, sorry for the interruption, but we have some exciting news to share. Shanna and I have decided to offer an affiliates page on our website to our guests that we have had on. Then it makes it easy for you, our listeners, to find programs and professionals that align with you. Yes, it's so easy. Just go to our website, mysenseofsoul.com, and on our homepage, click the Network of Lightworkers Affiliates then scroll and simply click on your favorite guest. From there, use the code under the guest that they have made particular to them and sign up or simply tell them that Sense of Soul has sent you. We have been so excited to announce our new ongoing partnerships with some of our amazing guests. Sense of Soul, Shanna and I will earn a commission for our endorsement and recommendation to their product or their service from this affiliates page. Your purchase will help support Sense of Soul in our purpose, bringing amazing episodes twice a week to our listeners all around the world. We want to take this opportunity to thank you, our participating affiliates and listeners for your support. Oh, and don't forget that we have a Patreon. Patreon is a platform where we have special exclusive content for Patreon members. Just download the free Patreon app and search Sense of Soul. Then pick your tier that resonates best with you unlocking exclusive content like mandy and i's exclusive mini series only on patreon our monthly sense of soul sacred circles patreon also has exclusive merch we have polls on fun topics bloopers workshops and even early releases of episodes it is also an amazing way to build our community and interact intimately with our listeners check it out we love and appreciate you all so much now back to our amazing guest Michelle, do you think that your heightened sensitivity was due to the stroke or due to the awakening or due to like all of it? I mean, I'm just curious because I had heightened senses to a point where it was affecting my life in a very negative way. Did the heightened sensitivity come after you were sober? Because I know some people will drink to numb that sensitivity. Yes. I, what I'm learning as I'm going through my healing journey is that I was a very sensitive child and that there was a lot of energy in my house that I picked up that I wasn't a happy energy for me because people often ask about my parents, you know, did they fight? Did they argue? And I'm like, no, they really didn't. They bickered, 
but it wasn't an angry house. I never thought of it as angry, but I think there was a lot of energy under the surface that I was picking up on because I started drinking and smoking pot when I was like, you know, eighth grade. So there was something that I was looking to cover up. Then when I did get sober and I went back to my parents, my neck just started. I had to do a lot of healing, throat chakra healing, because my neck would just get inflamed because I wasn't able to speak my truth, you know, because I was what I was seeing and what I was hearing. It was very toxic to me and I, I had to just take it in. I didn't have a way out. So I think um, to answer your question, I've always been super sensitive. But I think when I did the awakening that at last expansion in 2020, which is after I just got sober, because I got sober in 2018, that it just kind of catapulted my sensitivity up to a new level. All of our guests seems minus a few pain to purpose. We take that pain, we turn it into purpose. So that shifted for you, but it sounds like you had some spirituality to begin with. What about people that don't have a clue if they have a spirit, you know, spirit guides or a higher power or, or never were brought up with anything. How do you help them? Yeah, that's really my purpose. My purpose is to help people connect because I believe that we have all the answers within and, but we can't, so many people can't connect. So what I do is use my gift as a channel to act as a bridge for you. And as I said, when I, when I work with people, they come to me with whatever they're uh, their dis-ease, not disease like in the body, but their dis-ease, like they're not in peace, they're not calm, or they're searching for something more. And they're not really sure what that is. They just know that there's more to life than what they're living. And so we talk and we figure out what our intention is, what they want to achieve. And then I just tune into their higher self and their higher self just guides our sessions. And often the higher self is not ready to come forth yet because and be channeled forward because the person's not ready for them yet. So it takes several sessions before that person starts to. In fact, I was just working with this one young woman who is not spiritual or religious. You know, I just had her higher self guide me on how to work with her. And within two months, she actually shed like a large fibroid from her body just by doing some shock for breath work. And she really started to shift fear and anxiety into belief and knowing. And now, like after three months, she really has this confidence and she's still not 100% talking to her higher self, but she's tapping into that intuition of her knowing within her body of what she needs to do. So I really help people to connect to that, whether they're spiritual or not. You know, it's amazing because I always see this like progressive thing that happens that's similar to what you're saying, where before, where they didn't even know that there was like a higher self that even existed, right? They didn't even know it existed. So they're too busy to even notice something, but then they start to notice it. And all of a sudden they're going through this phase where they're really noticing how bad they talk to themselves, which is a whole nother uncomfortable place, which you kind of mentioned that when you're in Thailand, you felt like that all this stuff was on you, keeping you, and you wanted to expand it. I really saw, I had this visual of you as like in this cocoon, you know, like ready to be freed from 
all of the conditions and life and fear and all those low vibrations that were holding you down, but it's work, isn't it? It is work. And um, you have to be ready to go there. I think one of the biggest things that alcohol does is it masks all those emotions. You know, I just had my three-year anniversary. Uh, I channeled a, a visualization to let go of what we needed to let go of because it was a big completion. And I, three times I wrote a big goodbye to the things I'm letting go of the alcohol, the entities, the, um, the other thing that I'm letting go of. And I really, um, it, it really, the, one of the things I said when I was saying goodbye to alcohol was thank you. Thank you for being there. Thank you for helping me to manage those emotions for so many years, but I don't need you anymore because they don't scare me anymore. I know now how to feel my emotions and I know that my emotions are there for a reason. And so I don't need to avoid them or pretend like they're not there. I've learned how to, to feel them and let them pass through me. But thank you alcohol for being there as a, as an aid for so many years, you know? I've never heard that before. That's beautiful. It's a big part of letting go is you have to bless it. You know, you have to express gratitude and also the lesson that you learned because everything's here for a lesson. You know, everything. I'm not there yet. I am definitely not there yet. I bless it in the way that I say I'm a grateful alcoholic, but I hate it. I still have resentment and anger towards it because I see it ruin so many people's lives. But I like that. So instead of being resentful, say thank you. You know, that's another thing that we did in this meditation that I did on Monday. I channeled through Mary Magdalene and it was really all about divine love. And it was really one of the exercises that we did was we took all these, whatever it was that you were letting go of that you no longer serves you. And maybe you still have resentment and we wrapped it in light and just sent it love, sent it so much love until it got smaller and smaller and smaller. And finally, poof, it was gone. That's healing. That's amazing. Interesting. Because, yeah. You know, I think that holding on to hate for something, it would be the same as an abuser. Right. And you know what, no matter what happened, you wouldn't be where you were today. Same with the stroke. You know, the stroke was not delightful by any means, but I'm grateful for it. I learned so many incredible lessons and I wouldn't have the compassion for others that I have now if it wasn't for the stroke. So all these things come into our life to teach us something. And these teachers are there to be loved. When you finally can love them, then that's when you really are. You can finally let them go. This is good for me, Michelle. I'm going to journal about it. Good. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of things on the planet that aren't good for us. You know, you really read some of the books of how earth was supposed to be and how the darkness came in and started programming us all and really creating this structure so that we didn't get to know ourselves. You know, it really is a tool of the darkness, alcohol. Oh yeah. I love how they describe it spiritually and what the word means. It's A-L-K-U-H-L which means body eating spirit. Perhaps this is why alcohol drinks are called spirits and booze. Drinking alcohol is one of the fastest things you can do to lower your vibration. And it's been used as a tool to keep human consciousness at a lowered state for thousands of years. Yeah, there you go. It's Arabic. Michelle, did you receive that stuff from your higher self? 
with stuff. What you had said prior to what Mandy said, that it was something that was designed to keep us from finding our spirit. No, I have you read that there's this book, it's called The Palladian Agenda. No, you read I haven't. It? It's not about the Palladian, really about their agenda to, you know, because they're the heart-centered beings. They're the one that are here to help us open our heart and to move into the fifth dimension. But that book talks about the history of Earth in a completely different perspective than what we learn. And I believe that that is the truth. Are they Anunnaki's? <laughs> they talk about the Anunnaki's. They talk about how the extraterrestrials visited, um, especially in Egypt and um, you know the pyramids. They talk about all the stuff. They talk about religion and Ooh. Jesus. And it's fascinating. And I'm actually going to go back and read it because it's been a Yeah, it sounds it. really good. You will sounds open your eyes. If it's true for you, which I'm sure it will be, it will make so much sense of all the stuff that's going on now. Mm-hmm. I love those kind of books that kind of validates what you've been seeing, but, you know, haven't been able to put words to it. And someone else does. And you're like, yes, me too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's one of those books. I love it. Palladian's Agenda. I will look it up. So how do you, what do you do now? How do you offer your sessions to your clients? Do you, do you work via Zoom? I mean, Zoom has been quite the wonderful thing for healers and for people to be able to communicate all over the world. Yes, I do. I love doing one-on-ones with Zoom. And then I do some free workshops in my Facebook group called the Lightworkers Ascension Support Group. Offer tools as people are starting to ascend. And lately, I've just been really inspired to do a lot of inspirational stuff because people are so fearful of everything that's happening in this world. And I really, I'm guided that my mission is to help people to have a new perspective on the world and to understand that all the the stuff that you think is bad is really good because the world has to fall down before we can rebuild a new beautiful heaven on earth. Think about it just like buying a home. You know, if you want to build your dream home, you're not going to buy a shitty little shack and try and fix it up. You might, if it has good bones and if it supports what you're trying to achieve in your life, but if it doesn't, you got to bulldoze it. And then you got to start from scratch. And we've been living in a shitty little shack for many, many years now. (laughs) Shit shack. Yeah. And we have to take it down so that we can rebuild this beautiful new world that God wants us to, has always wanted us to live in. Mm -hmm. That is our purpose, helping people because there are so many people you know, waking up to it and wondering what the hell is happening to me? What are, what am I experiencing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's actually on meetup, I've had several meetups over the years and I came across this meetup and it was called Awakening Anonymous. <laughs> I love it. And it was oh my for, God. It was for people that were waking up. But A whole nother yeah, because so many people are waking up, but they, they're in the 3D world and they don't want to talk to people about what's going on with them because they think they're crazy, but they are going to be the leaders leading us into this new world because we have to, you know, we're not going to just quantum leap into the 5D. We have to kind of straddle the 3D and the 5D as we move in. You know, you said something earlier and it just resonated and I clicked in my brain. You said, um, 
disease, not disease. And I thought to myself, yeah, that's kind of a cool quote. Like dis-ease turns into disease. Yes, because my body was trying to talk to me for years and I was ignoring it and I was just pushing it and I was ignoring it. You know, with the alcohol, it wanted me to leave, to break up with alcohol many years before I did, but I wasn't ready. And I, but I knew in my heart that I was going to die sober. I, I, I went back to drinking. And then the third time I said, okay, this is your third invitation. Are you going to accept this invitation now? Because this is what you teach people that three times. And then God says, you know, I warned you three times. <laughs> now you didn't listen. So here's the shit. Um, so I, so when people ask me, are you quitting for good this time? I would just say, I'm not drinking today. I can't tell you. And it just started with the one day at a time. And then I just, when it came to that, I knew it was going to be three to six months or whatever it was that I quit. I was like, yep, I'm done. This is it. I'm not doing this anymore. Well, I think also that you and I are a beautiful, well, really all three of us that, we're all a beautiful um, example of that. What works for me might not work for you. Like we all don't drink for our own reasons. Shanna just chooses not to. You have been able to keep your sobriety through your inner work and your healing. And then for me, I had to do rehab and, and AA for a while. Everyone has their own way to heal. Yeah. For my three years this year, cause I've been working with this healer and the alcohol came up as having shame from the past and that it was blocking some of the growth I was trying to move into. And so she had me make amends. So I made amends with all my family. How do you feel physically once you finally put it away? Like, what have you noticed? I, you know, I've been doing so much healing. I've been, you know, the path of a healer is one of healing and I've been doing so much healing. So much has come up to be healed that I think that I've had so much support. I'm not someone that has done this on my own. You know, I've been working with a lot of coaches, a lot of healers for the past five years. I've been, you know, when I left corporate America and went on this journey and I know people that don't work with anyone. They don't even belong to any communities. And I'm like, how do you freaking do that? You know, (laughs) I belong to different Facebook groups and meetups and I have, coaches and healers for different things. And I think you have to have support. Yeah. You you know, you have to be able to, because there's times where you're, where you're sad or where you're, or you're just feeling your emotions and it'd be great to have a cocktail and just not feel it, but you have to learn how to work through that, how to, that emotions are there as a sign to tell you yeah. that you're, you need to feel this and then let it go and move on. Yeah. You know, I hit a really low, probably one of my lowest points this year and it was all circumstances. I let a whole bunch of circumstances that happened in a very short period of time, literally, I think sent me into shock is what my therapist said, but it was also a wake up call to me to realize that even though I had all these tools and had done so much healing, you can easily slip back to a place of like numb, like, holy shit. Like I literally couldn't even move. And so for me, I I was talking to my friend, Steve last night, and he said, that's actually really common for people around 10 to 11 years of sobriety. 
And he said that, Mandy, it's okay. You had a support system and it was someone in my life that normally hadn't been there for me that saved, like literally picked my ass up and saved me that weekend. If I didn't have a support system, I, I don't know what I would have done. I can't even imagine how these people do it by themselves. There's so many groups. You don't have to go to a meeting. You can hop on the internet. You can hop on Facebook. You can hop on Instagram. You can hop on Clubhouse. There's a lot out there now. Internet just opens the door to all kinds of support. I know. And and how I yeah. found you guys is through my coach, Kira Polson, who I love. God, I love her. She is like the brightest freaking light in the world, oh, right? She is. she is. You know, when I look at her, I just, that's the word that comes to mind, light. Yes. And when I am feeling that darkness, hers is the podcast I go to because she just talks about light. She's all about the light and wrapping yourself in light. I know. Well, I'm so glad she connected us with you, Michelle. And I'm so glad that you, you got through that recovery. You know, my friend Heidi is still really struggling with the after effects of her stroke. If you had any words of wisdom from your own experience for her, what would you say? And I'm happy to talk to her. I really believe that we have to be there for support because stroke people and every day in that stroke, there's an incredible stroke support group in Facebook, the stroke survivors support group. There's probably millions of people in it. If you post in there, it's so active. You'll get hundreds of responses. But my biggest lesson is when you stop trying to get better, you, that's as good as you're ever going to get. And I have, and that's the lesson I have to teach myself because when I get frustrated with something of myself, I'm like, well, you stop trying to get better there. And, you know, now that I'm actually learning this new healing modality, theta healing. And so every morning I've been going there as I've been practicing so that I can go there instantly. And I have God heal whatever I feel like needs healing that day. Or, you know, you can all, I actually use it to erase and cancel limiting beliefs and you can use it to download God's perspective, understanding, and definition of different beliefs. So once you uh, have something erased, you can, you've left an empty space. You can fill it with God's definition. And it's a really beautiful healing practice. Uh, you know, once I really get through this digestive thing, which I feel like I'm at the end, towards the end, very close to the end, because I wished it loved too. That was the third thing in my letting go on Monday. Um, that, you know what, I could probably go in and heal this drop foot. I could probably go in and heal these other little things that I thought there's no way, there's nothing I can do. Once I master this healing, I can go in and heal things that I thought were impossible to heal because with God, you can do anything. And now it's time for break that shit down. I think the number one thing is you have all the answers. You have all the answers. You don't need to be looking outside of yourself. All the answers are within. Just go within, my love. That's where you'll find everything that you want to know. I really, really am taking away from this, and I hope our listeners too, that when you stop trying is when you stop healing. Because if you would have stopped trying to dance, then today you wouldn't be dancing. Yes. That's very true. I liked also what you said, just like loving 
who you are, like where you are. And I want to thank you for challenging me with blessing alcohol because, um, I mean, I believe there's a blessing in every lesson. Yeah. So thanks for that. That's going to be in my, on my, my journal for the week. You're welcome. Do you want to throw out your website, Michelle, and let everybody know where they can find you? Yeah. My website is michellewarnica.com. My Facebook group is Lightworkers Ascension Support Group. And I'm on Instagram at michelle.warnica. And one more time, if anyone wants to join an amazing Facebook group for people that have had strokes, what was that group called again? That was called the Stroke Survivors Support Group. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing your story and best of wishes to um, your father refinding his purpose. I have a mini episode called I had to go blind to see. I only went blind for a few minutes before my asthma attacks, but I felt like sometimes when we close our eyes, our other senses really heighten and we can find such gifts in those. And that's what my prayer is for your father. Thank you so much. It's been such an honor and a pleasure to be here with you, lady. Yeah, Yeah, you too. Thank you. Thanks for being with us today. We hope you will come back next week. If you like what you hear, don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe. Thank you. We rise to lift you up. Thanks for listening.